The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast with Rock, Hoop, Q, and keeping it sexy, LG. What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined with my boy Hoop in the house. What's going on, Hoop? How much, man? How y'all doing? Uh, doing good, man. Doing good. And I got my boy Al G in the house, keeping it sexy, Al G. What's happening, Al? What's going on? It'll be a sexy night. We got Chuck tonight, baby. <laughs> oh, It'll be yeah. A real sexy night tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. And last, but certainly not least, we have Q in the house. What's happening, Q? What's up, Rock? Mr. Chuck, fellas. How's everybody doing? Oh, man. Cool, cool. We're doing good, man. We're excited about this draft. At least I hope y'all are as much as I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to introduce everybody. We have a uh, we have a guest with us. We have Chuck Smith, defensive end from the Falcons from the, uh, the 90s, from 92 to 99, uh, Atlanta the Dirty Chuck Birds. Smith. The Chuck Smith in the house. How you doing, Chuck? I'm doing good, fellas. How you guys doing? Good, good, man. Good. Doing, doing good, doing good, man. Oh, yeah, man. We're I doing. appreciate you guys inviting me to be a part of your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for joining. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us, Chuck, man. And, uh, and we just, you know, we just want to talk to you for a little bit, man, and get, you know, talk to you about uh, your time with the Falcons and, uh, and and what you're doing now. And then we'll lead into a little bit of the uh, some draft talk. Is that cool? That sounds cool, man. All right. Cool, man. Well, I'll, I'll just start it off with my first question, man. I was I was wondering, Chuck, since you know it's draft time and all that, I was wondering, can you explain how you felt, man, when uh, the Falcons chose you in the uh, '92 draft, man, when you heard your name being called for the Falcons? Yeah, well, I was really excited to be drafted by the Falcons. It was really it was really an honor. I didn't expect the Falcons to draft me because I hadn't really talked to them or anything like that, but. That's always been my childhood favorite team, and I was really excited and thankful to have an opportunity, you know, to represent my home state. So it was really a really cool thing, man, to be drafted by the Falcons. But it was a, the best way to describe it, it was exuberant, right. you know, when it happened for me. Wow, wow. Hey, hey Chuck, you're out of Athens, Georgia, right? Uh, like born in, you weren't born there, were you? Or you just raised there? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Athens, Georgia, and uh, lived in Athens. You know, pretty much my whole life. I'm a, I'm an Athenian. Yep, I went to right. elementary school, middle school, and high school in Athens. Mm-hmm. But man, but, no, wait a minute, but, wait a minute. But, How do we go from but, Athens to Tennessee? That's what I was leading up to. <laughs> well, you know, there's just been a big difference over the last 25 years right. or 30 years. Georgia has never had pass rushers really developed over those years. Right. Tennessee was all about pass rush when I came there. They had a history in it, and Tennessee was just, uh, you know, a team that developed pass rushers. You know, Georgia wasn't. So it really had a lot to do with pass rush. And the coach that had recruited me, Mel Foles, Coach Lawrence Taylor at North Carolina, that was really attractive. For the plus, I'm from Athens. 
Right. And you can't grow if you've never been anywhere. So it wasn't as much really to do with Georgia. It was part the pass rush, mm-hmm. part where I saw Tennessee was gone. And I made the right decision because we were the catalysts. We went back-to-back SEC champs. And we were, you know, started off one of the winningest uh, decades in, in SEC history right. in Tennessee. And I don't know, at the time, Georgia wasn't even in the conversation. Yeah, so Tennessee basically was a better fit for you. Yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, it was a better fit than being from Athens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I got, I got a question. Going into the draft, like, how did you feel about, right. you know, your preparation and you know how you did running the forty, you know, and all the kind of measurable kind of things that they have these days. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if it's even the same process now. I know it's, you know, yeah. might be a little bit different, but how, right. how did you feel that you, you know, right, did? You know, were you disappointed? Were you, you know, satisfied? Like, I just wanted to kind of know your thoughts about right. it. Oh, I was satisfied. And, you know, we were, we, we were, we used AccuTrack. We had hand times. We had the same AccuTrack, you know, and uh, times on the laser and all that stuff back when I think my class is the first class ever used the laser. You know, I was satisfied. I was never a super fast player, or, you know, super great athlete, but, um, right. You know, it was just really, uh, it was a fun process, man. You know, I really, I was able to get after it, and um, it was really exciting. But we did the same things. We did the same, literally the exact same drills. The combine has never really changed. The exact same combine. Right. It's been around for for almost 30-some-odd years. Oh, nice. So, so how does the draft work? So are you, are you at the draft? Are you at home? Where are you? Um, this year I was, you know, I wasn't. No, 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 no. Your draft. Your draft. Your draft. Oh, oh, my draft. I was at the Marriott Marquis. I was at the Marriott Marquis in uh, Atlanta downtown, (laughs) and uh, okay, with my family. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't. I was a privilege to be there to even consider being no top guy. So no, I was at the the Marriott man Marquis, just taking it all in. So it was a short drive. (laughs) So what did they do? We're in Sewanee. Mm-hmm. So what right. what do they do? They call, they call you beforehand? Yeah, they call you. You know, they just call you and um and say, hey, Chuck. You know, when they called me, it was, uh, you know, Jerry Glanville. And he said, hey, Chuck Smith, you ready to rush the passer? And then Jerry, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm ready. Then Ken Harrock got on the phone and Taylor Smith and said, hey, man, we uh, drafted you to rush the passer. And uh, Ken Harrock said, we haven't had a double-digit sack guy in 10 years or something like that. And, uh, and you're watching this on TV at the same time? Yeah, watching I'm watching the draft on, on TV at the same time. time. Wow. Yep, but in my day, the draft only, the draft, like, it would, like, go on forever, and it would take a lot longer, you know? So right. a lot of times, you know, you wouldn't see your name to the taper ticker, so there was no NFL network. <laughs> it was not as much, you know, all that stuff. So you'd end up, when you get drafted, you wouldn't see your name. Right. A lot of times at the bottom of the tape ticker, you wouldn't they wouldn't have the videos and the flash. It was not like that, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. So so how long between the time they they call you and the time you actually show up at the facility? How much time passes by? Oh, that was to when I got drafted, I came like the next day. Yeah, I was the there next like day. the next day, man. It was not the next day. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. You know, to drive out the flower. I mean, the Sawani. Right. And everybody was yeah. there, man. First person I met when I walked in there was Jamie Dukes and Bill Fralick. They were sitting Jamie on the bench Dukes. in the weight room Jamie talking Dukes. trash. <laughs> Jamie yep. Dukes, that's Bill the man Fralick right there. there. Yep, yep. And Bill, Jamie was like, "Welcome," sitting on there on the had a little had a little um, 
like a robe on. <laughs> and Bill Frelick was uh, talking smack, saying, "This is the little guy supposed to be changing the pass rush." <laughs> and he was talking smack to me. So, yeah, uh, initiated first day, no? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you know, because that was a big, that was a big topic back then, kind of like it is now. Right. Trying to find someone yeah. that could generate double-digit sacks. What, what, this, 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 just a, a weird question. How does this affect your sleeping schedule? Um, obviously, you didn't sleep leading leading up to the draft, right? Were you able to just go go to bed and just and, and get some sleep, or were you tossing and turning all night? <laughs> that is a weird question, you. No, no, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, right? He's no, a no, dumbass. That's not a weird question. That's, okay. not, that's not a weird question. Right. That's a great question. Yeah, man, it's hard to sleep. You, you know, you're stressing a lot. You know, everybody wants to know where you're going, and but nah, it's not. It wasn't a weird question at all, man. But okay. you know, it was, it was. I don't exactly remember. As far as was it hard to sleep, but I definitely know I was nervous. I had butterflies, and you know, it's, you know, you're excited you're just, at the same uh, time, not knowing what's going. Yeah, a, a good excitement, but you don't really know what's going to happen. And and, then, and how does this work? So you're there, you're part of the team. Where they take you into a personal room one day, and they're like, "All right, this is the contract. Sign your contract." How does that work? <laughs> well, how it works. Sound like they, you um, trying to like a like an agent or something. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I had an agent. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I was represented by Jimmy Sexton, and um, one of the top agents at CAA right now, one of the top right. agents in the business. And we did it just like everyone else. We waited, and some guys held out. That year, Bob Whitfield didn't make it to training camp because he got held out. Right. And he held out, and we were in the same draft class, whereas I got signed, and um, I don't know, it took a couple weeks, and I got signed. And, you know, it's the same, really the same process as they do now. Okay. But Chuck, you had you you've had a very impressive resume, man, working with the birds, man. I mean, you know uh, Oh overall, man, that was a good class yeah. that the all whole time. Pro. He, was there, man. he was an all pro defensive end and took the Foxes to the Super Bowl in ninety eight. I mean, we don't get that many people <laughs> to take the Falcons to the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and the three time NFL defensive player of the week too. Mm. That's pretty impressive stuff, man. And five-time Pro Bowl alternate. Going back to that Super Bowl, going back to that Super Bowl, were you uh, disappointed in uh, Eugene Robinson trying to get pumped up before the big game? What are you, ignorant? Uh, of course you're going to be disappointed anytime something brings such a distraction to the game. But, right. you know, Eugene's, you know, discretions really didn't affect myself, didn't affect the team. You know, the best team won, so, you know. Yeah. Nah, it didn't really affect me. And, you know, when we got ready to play, I was still focused. I still prepared that week. But, uh, right. yeah, of course you're disappointed, but he's a grown man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Mm. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah. Well, Chuck, do you still stay in touch with your old teammates, man, from, from, especially from that Super Bowl team? Yeah, I stay in touch with all of them, man. You know, that's Good. Archie Bowe. You talked um, to Jamal Anderson Travis lately? Hall. Yeah, I talked to Jamal. Yeah, I talk to Jamal all the time. Is he doing? Yeah. Is he is, is he in a better place? Is he in a better yeah, place man. in his he's life Jamal's right now? Doing good, man. Good. Yeah, Jamal's doing good. Yeah, Jamal's doing good. That's he's, good. Uh, That's good. You know, That's he's uh, paid his debt to society and he's moving forward. He's uh, doing, you know, doing the things that he needs to do. All right. All right. All right. I also see that you uh, you actually coached at Tennessee at one time too. What, 2010? Yeah, I, I had a, the blessings of coaching at my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. He was with Rex Ryan before that. I, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Jets. Yeah. Yeah, I had a chance to coach with the Jets also. That was, that was pretty cool. 
Now, right. now I do know yeah. you. I know you know these days. You know you work with the young, the young pass rushers and uh-huh. uh, prospects. Did how did you have? Well, first of all, did you have any uh, you know folks that you worked with in the past that uh, got drafted this weekend or got uh, or signed a free agent deal? Did you have anybody? Yeah, yeah, I had a couple guys get drafted this weekend. Um, gotcha. A couple, you know, first rounder, a couple second rounders, and a couple guys after that. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm, now, so have, uh, have uh, con- Vic, has Vic Beasley ever reached out to you, Chuck? Nah, I've never, I've never uh, talked to Vic. I've been, I've gotten his position mm. coach at Clemson's called me and said he encouraged him to call. Right. Uh, he said absolutely. the call, but he's never reached out to me. But I'm, I'm very close with Vic and Grady's position coach, Marion Hobby, is one of my good friends. And no, yeah. I never, uh, I've never talked to Vic or uh, personally heard from Vic now. Okay. Wow. I got a question. Uh, you know, your pass rush aficionado, in your opinion, you know, I don't want you to dog the Falcons or anything like that, but how come we right. haven't solved the problem of, you know, getting to the quarterback, in your opinion? Like, is it the lack of development? Just, right. you know, bad. What, 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 what's your opinion on that? Um, well, I think the first thing, um, the reason why the Falcons have struggled to get have pass rushers, I think it has to do with a little bit of lack of development. I just think it also has to do with Really, the schemes were affecting it a lot of times, man. When you played a 3-4, you know, you had defensive ends trying to rush the passer, standing up. Corey Beerman's a down defensive end. O.C. Yamanuri's a down defensive end. So if you think about part of the flaws that Mike Nolan had, he had the wrong guys playing a 3-4 defensive end. And the, the down guys, Soli, Tyson, they're, they're not going to rush. 3-4 guys don't get sacks. So I think it has more to do with the personnel, but I also think it has to do with, you know, the draft. I think it has to do with also development. Right. You know, I don't, you know, I think Brian Cox and whoever the past coaches are, you know, they're solid coaches, man. But I don't think there's enough time in the day to truly develop pass rushers because of the new collective bargaining rule. Right. So I think okay. it, the coaches are a little bit handicapped, but I think most places don't put enough emphasis on pass rush because... In the past, it it's just, it just hasn't been that important. So I just also think drafting also in development is the key because, you know, there's no other way to deny it, man. I told guys two, three years ago, I don't know how good Jake Matthews is. Aaron Donald's the number one pick in the draft. You get Aaron Donald and change your defense. The, the Falcons mm-hmm. got Aaron Donald moved to a 4-3, and mm-hmm. they'd be in the playoffs, man. But they went and got, you know, they're, they're, everything's offensive-minded. Julio, Jake Matthews, right. everything's all about offense. So they they don't understand, they haven't understood the value of defense. So now that's why Dan Quinn went out and got a, a guy who's about past. I'm sorry, that's why Arthur brought in Dan Quinn. Because right. he's about, now I just tell you this, I bet you for years ago when Aaron and Jake Matthews came out, this coach would have got Aaron Donald because you see the value. But everybody's okay. like, oh, he's too short, he's this. So really it comes down to you know, the draft and making the right decisions and getting the right guys and then not miss on guys. I mean, they missed on Geno Atkins, missed right. on uh, Clay Matthews Jr. I mean, so you gotta, mm. you know, you gotta be held accountable. Okay. But I think it'll help now that Dan Quinn and will help Thomas. I just think the last regime, they didn't have the kind of eye that I think Dan Quinn does. Smitty was a defensive coach though. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Smitty was a 3-4 coach. None of the Ravens teams rarely have ever truly developed a lot of pass rushers. So if you look okay. at Mike Smith's history and look at what the 3-4 of the development, he's right. the coordinator. 
You know, the right. position coach is responsible for that. So the kind of guys he brought in, if you ever look at Rex Ryan and a lot of those guys, Marvin Lewis, that were forward mm-hmm. in those three fours, Rex Ryan teams don't get a lot of sacks. They're coverage based. Okay. To beat people, you know, so they're, but they're not developing one-on-one pass rushers. So when you think Mike Smith, you got to think Mike Nolan. When you think Mike Nolan, you got to think Rex Ryan. When you think Rex Ryan, you got to think Buddy Ryan. They're all the same defense. So you mm-hmm. know, they've never been teams that really develop pass rushers. They they draft them. You know, when you draft a Suggs, you know that's different. But remember, Suggs was a 28th or late draft pick that no one even thought was going to be a good pass rusher because he ran like a five flat. So I just think that it has more to do with somewhat of the, they, they want big, strong guys, but right. there's also a lack of technique development along the way that, that pretty much all the teams in the NFL. Mm. Okay. Your, your thoughts on Croy Bierman? Should he be re-signed and come back again as a defensive end? I feel like he, uh, he reached his best potential right. when he had John Abraham on the other side of him. And now yeah. I feel like it's time to, 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 to move on, but they, they keep bringing this guy yeah. back and... Yeah. Well, I think, you know... You don't have to put the guy down, back to, but, but what do you yeah. think about him? I think, I think I mean, you know, a lot has been said about Croy. I think Croy could have been better if he would have trained. Troy never has trained as a pass rusher. Right. Um, years ago, I extended an offer to help Croy, and there's simple things that could have helped him get sacks. But I think, you know, everybody works on speed and agility and lift, and everybody thinks being faster and more flexible is going to make you a pass rusher. It doesn't. But I think Croy has been serviceable, but it says a lot about the Falcons' personnel that Croy keeps making a team. If he wasn't good enough to make right. that team, you really think they're keeping him around? Does any Falcon fan really think there's a conspiracy? Come on, guys. I don't so think there's a... tell Falcon fans all the time. There's not. So you right. think he's taking a roster spot making millions of dollars if there's someone better. Yeah. They ain't winning got him. They ain't found feel... nobody that's really got him. Because look yeah. at the guys they've had. Mapunga. Right. Is Mapunga better than Croy? No. Bullshit, my fucker. Before my punk No. Excuse I mean, me. You can't just go out and snatch guys out of the air. It has to do with contracts. And right. I, you know, whether I think Croy is good or not, but nobody on the team's gotten over four or five sacks. So Croy's I think they right let go of Abraham too soon. Abraham, I think, yeah, still I had a, a little bit in the tank. I think they got rid of him a little bit too soon. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree with you on that. John is a special talent. Mm-hmm. John is one of the all-time great pass rushers, and right. even if he was the starter, John could have played nickel. But also, keeping in mind, too, in fairness to the Atlanta Falcons, right. you also got to do other things outside of the field now. You got to be a mm-hmm. leader. Yes, you got to stay out mm-hmm. of trouble. You got to come to work. And when right. you got a young team, they also want old guys to do what? Help the young guys. Mm-hmm. So, right. not throwing John under the bus or even alluding to where I got that information from. Right. When you're when you're a veteran and you're that making that kind of money, they want you to do more. And so mm-hmm. Abe wasn't able to wasn't able and wasn't willing to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, how do you feel about the talk about uh well I know Bruce Irving was a talk about coming to Atlanta at one time, but so is Michael Bennett in the mix now? Come to Atlanta from Seattle? Uh I don't know, man. I, I think um you mean next year or this year? He's because he signed under contract. Yeah, yeah, I think he might. It won't. It won't be this year. It has to be next year. Yeah. Yeah. I know Dan Quinn got his eye on a couple of his old guys. I'm not exactly sure, man. I think he would be a good upgrade, but I think this is about Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley has to develop. The other guys have to develop, man. I don't. Mm -hmm. I think they got to develop the guys through the draft. I think Michael Bennett would be a great addition. 
Oh, but I man. think at some point, man, you got to develop your own guys. You can't keep, you know, like Bruce yeah. or, you know, it's just well, such those, a tough thing. Hmm? But you think those guys will help those young guys develop, though? That's what I was going to say. I mean, guys like Michael Bennett, man, they can oh, turn yeah. those guys into big beasts, man, to beast, you know, just by working around them every day, you know? Right. So we we yeah, gotta have those young help. guys around guys like that. I mean, the Falcons yeah. have tried to draft some defensive ends. It just hasn't worked out. I mean, what uh, the other Jamal Anderson just didn't oh, work out. Yeah, on that one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, that's on Rich, that's Rich McCain. That. that was one of his right. draft picks. But again, too, you gotta be able to develop too, man. At the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. easy to keep blaming the players, but right. you know, coaches need to be held responsible too in this new era too, and stop getting the pass. So, you know, right. Jamal Anderson could have been a decent player, but you got to remember that if, if you don't know, you just don't know. So you can't learn something if no one teaches you. So the difference right. is Clay Matthews Jr., his dad taught him. Clay mm-hmm. Matthews Jr., he had Kevin Green up there working with him as his coach. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta, you know, and, you know, so you just got to have the right people also there in the development phase. And I just think this year I think they'll be better. I think Dan's going to put his thumb on it, and I think uh, Brian's going to step up, and I think – you know, they're going to be improved. But what are, what are your thoughts, uh, Chuck, on the whole Kyle Shanahan situation? I mean, it seems like uh, his first year here, our offense just took a big, huge step back, and Matt was just not looking like yeah. the same guy that we've had. Do you think right. his system really is affecting in a negative way, or you think that he can turn his thing around yeah. this season? I think, you know, it, it's a cohesiveness when you're on the offensive coordinator. You know, they got to gel. And I think you gotta. Sometimes you gotta get rid of the. You gotta cut the fat off, man, and right. build your own, get your own personnel. But I think the first thing. Let me just tell you this, man. Okay. The first mistake the Falcons made years ago is when they gave up the picks for Julio. Anytime you make the face of your 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 team a wide receiver, you're gonna be looked at as soft in the league. Guys mm-hmm. look at okay. top. The receivers can't. They, they, the receivers only can get the ball if the quarterback throws it. If right. you have no protection, it doesn't matter. So. Think about all the passing teams, man. We're, we're Eric Coriel. This is the this is, uh, San Diego Chargers from the 80s, man. We're those we're the pass-happy team right. that never had a run game and really until this past year. So, But if the face of your franchise, when your quarterback gets beat up, is Roddy White speaking up right. or Julio mm-hmm. Jones who don't speak up, come mm-hmm. on, man. Right. I need that hammer now, Ray Lewis, man. Right. So you got to think about the teams that win championships, who how they're built. So, you, you know, you don't need – you know, the face of your franchise to be wide receivers in the offense. So really the face of your franchise needs to be, you know, that that group of offensive linemen or, or those guys on defense. So I think Atlanta was hoodwinked a little bit. Oh, we're going to pass to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to happen like that. Julio can only get the ball if, it's, if the offensive line is right. protecting you. Exactly. So I just think, man, if you ask, you know, the Falcons putting four wides out there, Rex Ryan sending six guys. you got five to block. Oh, Matt Ryan's going to get hurt. <laughs> so that's, how, that's what's been happening. Right. All I'm mm-hmm. saying is, when you when you stop pass you know drafting those enforcer type of guys, start to go finesse so you can sort of you know. So I just think that's a mistake they've made, and the reason they brought Dan Quinn in because it's changing, in my right. opinion. I just you can't make, and then then you can't make the face of your franchise a guy who never talks. He's about right. to work. Julio's He's a great trying. player, right. but he what does he lead? Just right. understand what does he when Matt what so I love him, right. but again a receiver is never the catalyst for winning Super Bowls. Look at the last few championships. Right. Receivers yeah. ain't no, uh, how many does T.O. got? How many does Randy Moss got? <laughs> you know what? But you know what? How many, how many does Jerry Rice got? 
But you know what, Chuck? You made a good point, man. But guess what? But but what did Jerry Rice have, though? Hold up. Jerry Rice had the best offensive line in the game. Yep. Mm -hmm. Jerry Rice had a running game with Mm -hmm. Ricky Waters to Wendell Tyler on down. Right. And 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 Jerry Rice. And he had a great quarterback. Two great quarterbacks. He had a a tight end, but he also had the number one defense with Charles Haley on it. He had guys that if you mess with Steve Charles Haley would come to get you. Ronnie Lott. So there's a big difference, man. When you think of the Niners, when the first thing when you think of the Niners, people think about Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice. They think about all them cats. And they think of, you know, Steve Young. Yeah, Joe Montana. But again, those guys were built around defense, man. But But people talk about the receivers because it sells points. But you made a good point, man, when you said that because one of your old teams, the Carolina Panthers, I mean, look yeah. at Cam, man. He, he made Ted Ginn look like a, you know, superstar, you know? I mean, it's all because of his, his offensive line. He gave him time to spread that ball around, and, you know, it's it's not like, you know, Ted is their face oh, yeah. franchise or receiver, oh, yeah. but way he, he balled out, you know. would think he was, you know? Yeah. No, that's a great point, man, but I think the bigger point needs to be made. Two other guys that I've trained, three of them, Kyle Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Cone Ely was still on the board. Oh, yeah, Charles Johnson, was. we had, had a chance to get him a couple times. It's those enforcers, okay. man. Thomas yeah. Davis, Luke Keekley. Yeah, it's easy to go to camp. Can't make the reason why they was in the Super Bowl, man. Well, they the bottom Keek- line is, they were, they were Josh Norman. Think about this team, man. They got some pit bull dogs, I just mean. Right. They let Josh Norman go. Big... Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because they're, go- they're reloading. But I just named seven dudes, man, right. that... That the kind of cats that'll smack their mama if she get in the way. I throw punch so that bitch. Is, well, the difference is, and the difference between the 98 Falcons, when I played, mm-hmm. if Matt Ryan would have got cheap shot and all that stuff, man, we would have folded the quarterback up to protect him, man. Mm-hmm. We would have been on the field fighting. Nobody helped him up. So there's a difference between if your team is offensive-minded, like I said years ago, right. when June Jones was here, if you got an offensive-minded team and it's all about offense, you will forever be soft and will not ever have get to the Super Bowl because they're not going to be able to score enough points versus these new defenses now. Because if you keep throwing enough and you ain't got no running game and no tough guys, your quarterback is going to get hurt. That's how it goes, man. And that's just how it is. And everybody wants to sell tickets. I love me some Julio. But to me, man, you got to build this team around the enforcers, man, the the tough guys. You got to you know, running the ball. And I think they're on their right track because I think Dan Quinn is, you know, doing doing the right stuff, man. I'm coming in. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's pretty much been the whole sentiment around the city anyway with that. They're, you know, we're saying we've got to get a lot tougher. We've got to build up this defense. So hopefully that's what uh, yeah. they're, they're trying to do right now. Yeah. So. yeah, I think they are, man. Dan's doing a good job. He's a good man, and uh, I really believe in what he's doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, Chuck, uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your, your training system, man, that you got going on. Uh, my training system is called Big Skill Training. It's built on VGHH Vision, Get Off Hands and Hips. Okay. It's about four keys to developing pass rushers in the front seven. And um, I started my company in 2002. It was I started off calling it it was Defensive Line Inc. And now right. it's Chuck Smith Training Systems because I train all different positions and have different systems that I teach for different positions of you know front seven. Now we do right. run, we do different movement training and different stuff. And I just uh, been lucky enough to be able to consult and work with NFL teams and right. coaches and you know right now you know being able to consult and work with Cincinnati is one of the partners I have and right. several teams and um you know so it's just been a blessing man and uh, just yeah. trying That's to teach good. the art of 
start of football and front seven play through, you know, how I've learned it from a lot of great coaches and mentors. Right. Well, I, I got a question. Do you find it uh, just as gratifying as being on the staff, you know, being a coach? Or I know it's kind of hard. To, maybe it's not hard to compare both yeah. of them, but you, you know, get satisfaction out of uh, that as well. Yeah, I think it's more gratifying. You know, you know, it's more gratifying because this is what I specialize in. And being a coach, man, you know, it was one of those things that I got into coaching as a, a older in my life, and. Um, it is gratifying, but you know, you also. But I've never, you know, gotten to the point where I won a Super Bowl, and I got to the AFC Championship with the Jets, and that was really gratifying to be a part of Rex's staff and work, you know, teach my system and help them. It was gratifying this year to help Cincinnati get, you know, be a part of supporting the defensive line coach and Marvin let me implement my system uh, in Cincinnati, and so it was really, I was really thankful, man. But it's one of those things that I am gratified. I'm thankful because I created. You know, a system in the in the way of training when right. people said I couldn't and said it wasn't relevant. Even NFL coaches, even coaches that are in Flowery Branch, and people once said that you know, oh, don't don't waste our time. And now you know, I'm 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 a part of. They can't avoid me. Nice. Now, can we throw? Can we throw out some names and just get like maybe a one sentence opinion on on them or mm-hmm. just your thoughts on them? Like maybe oh, no. if I threw out if I threw out uh, Keith Brooking. What would you have to say about Keith Brooking? Uh, I think he was a good guy, man. Tough player. I think, you know, when he played in Atlanta, I just think that he was misunderstood. You know, he's a guy who, you know, if you look back at again, some of the way the defense was built, you know, he was a one-man show. He was just a, you know, he's a good guy, man. He moved on in his life, and, you know, he's a super competitor. Right. Super competitor. And I think he's, I think it's easy when you lose to everyone looks at one person. And it's, but I think Keith was, you know, he was tough, man. Had some good years, had some off years like everyone. But he was a, I think he was a solid player. Let's throw out, uh, okay. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's, let's throw this out here. Let's throw, throw out Jesse, Jesse Tuggle, man. Okay. I was going to get to uh, that. Jesse's the, Jesse is the best Falcon of all time. Man, There's I just no other love Falcon watching close. Jesse, man. What about Deion Sanders? Jesse was a, yeah. Deion Sanders was short-lived, man. Jesse Tuggle yeah. Was a better Falcon yeah, than Jesse yes. Deion Sanders could ever Absolutely. dream of being. Absolutely. Jesse right, Tuggle right. was a five-time Pro Bowl alternate before he made his first Pro Bowl. Right. Jesse Tuggle plays in Dallas. He's a ten-time Pro Bowl and he's in the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. I just think you know when you look at the history my man. of it, Deion did Deion did a lot of good work here. Yeah. Jesse put in a lifetime worth worth of work. So at the end of the day, man, you know Deion is, is doesn't sit up there with the all-time great Falcons who made the commitment here and played 10, 15 years like Jesse. But he's Jesse. definitely a great Falcon. He's and definitely Jesse, he, the great Falcon, but... Yes, yeah. sir. He wasn't drafted. Was he drafted? He wasn't drafted, was he? Yeah, he was undrafted out of Valdosta State. Out of yeah. Valdosta State, yeah. Uh-huh. What about, uh, what about uh, Andre Risen? Uh, I think Andre Risen is the best receiver we've ever had. Okay. And I think well, um, okay. he's special. I think he's special. And I think back in those days, I think... Um, you know, I think he's one of the best. I think, you know, obviously him, Roddy, Terrence Mathis, Alfred Jenkins, and there's other guys in the conversation. But I think Andre Rodgers is a special talent. And um, if it wasn't for him being derailed right. and some of the other things that happened to him, I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. So I just yeah, think yeah. it was just, you know, it was a tough challenge. Guy. But I think he's a, he's a special player. Tough guy, man. Let me ask you this, going back in time right yeah. now. If we could go back to the draft, would you have taken Matt Ryan? <laughs> or uh, oh, people, always, people, always, people always get upset. 
Well, go ahead. Go ahead and finish it, LG. You go ahead and finish it. Oh, I won't no, even say no, it. Well, no, I will. No, no. I will. No, go ahead, well, Q always poses this to our guests. <laughs> Would it take uh, Matt Ryan over Joe, Fackle, or Joe Flacco over Matt Ryan? I mean, if you had to do it again, I mean, obviously Matt Ryan's done an excellent job, but Joe's got a ring. So, I mean, right then, Joe, Joe's, exactly. had a, Joe's career is going to be defined as better than Matt. So, to me, that's not a, a silly question. I mean, if you know you can get the guy that's going to take you to the ring, Matt yeah. hasn't shown that he can get to the ring and win the ring. you know what? But Joe you know Flacco what, has. So, you it know. goes back to what you always mm-hmm. said, man. You had that defense. Yeah, but you asked me would I take Joe Flacco or Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah. the defense we're talking about. Right. So I'm just <laughs> right. saying I would, I would, I would, yeah. Who would you take? Yeah, Who would you so take? I'm, Give me so, a name. He said Flacco. He said Flacco. Flacco. Yeah. Okay. I, I said I said Flacco because he's already proven that he can win. All right, man. I mean, you guys got any, any more questions? I mean, I could go on all day, but I mean, uh, like like Chuck, <laughs> when you signed that when you signed that contract, what was the first thing you purchased, sir? Uh, first thing I purchased was a Mercedes. <laughs> back in the day, and uh, I think no, I got my mom a, like a small bit BMW, something like that. And if the, and if, if the Falcons re-sign Croy Beerman, do you think you could come in right now and challenge Croy for his job? Because I think you could. <laughs> Greg and nah, I were behind man, you on please. the escalator. Hey, Chuck, 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 Chuck. Greg and I, Greg and I, who's also on the call, we were behind you on the escalator a couple of years ago after a Falcons game, and I think they lost. No surprise there, but. Still a huge dude in great shape. <laughs> could See, you come back and challenge Corey Bimmer for his job? I think See, that was my point, man. I think the right knee is good, man. Nah, being training nah, I can't challenge Corey, man. <laughs> I think the right knee nah, is I'm good. I'm old man, man. I'm old. I can talk about it, but I can't be about it. Nah, I think, nah. <laughs> Them guys train, man. At the end of the day, guys. Right. At the end of the day, I know it's easy to throw shots at Corey Bimmer, but how far did y'all go? Yeah, far at all. What? All I'm saying is, that's where, to me, that's true. I mean, it's like so much disrespect for Corey Bearman, but he's going in his 10th year. So even out of respect, I'm like, he's a great special teams old, man. player. He's a great special teams player. And I think we keep bringing him back here. Notice no one else has ever made a run for Troy. We keep bringing him back here because he yeah, nah, defensive I ain't trying to be funny. I'm not trying teams. to be funny, though. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not trying to be funny, but he's been a starter. I mean, he's like, so at the end of the day, Right. He's been there and he's lived it. He's done it. You know, he played yeah. in college. He got drafted. He made it. Right. So no matter what, he's doing something right. I'm just telling y'all, right. yeah. they're not keeping him around. If he absolutely couldn't help them and is so sorry, I, come on now. I mean, he's been there. I mean, I'm not. So I'm just. It's easy Chuck. for everyone to. I mean, to disrespect at some point, you have to just get a man credit for he's surviving. He's he's out there. I'm I mean, not disrespecting the man. Even, I don't want to disrespect Croy at all. I think at some at some yeah. point in his career he was a great help to the Falcons. But if you watch last season and even right. the season before last, he yeah. reminds me so much of Keith Brooking, Keith Brooking's last season in right. Atlanta, making tackles yeah. twenty yards downfield yeah. after the tackle had already been made, right. just jumping on the pile, and it's just, it's starting to become yeah. almost embarrassing because fans of other yeah. teams are calling it out. Look at that, your right. defensive end is jumping right. on the play twenty man, yards downfield. And you sound like man, you sound every <laughs> fan says. The same mm-hmm. thing about Keith Brooklyn. Man, I can name so many good plays Keith made. Right. But it's oh, yeah. easy to always yeah. go back to the bad stuff. So I look at things a little differently, man. You know, when it with stuff like that. Right. Brooklyn, God, he played he made five Pro Bowls. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. did he make tackles all downfield? I mean, he didn't vote himself in. The right. other players did. 
Right. Yeah, yeah Keith, man, Keith made some pro. A good player. Yeah, Keith made some Pro yeah, Bowls, but I, I think he stayed around yeah. just a little too long, and that's what you always hate about mm-hmm. the athletes yeah. you love. I mean, I love I love Keith Brooks when he was a Falcon, but yeah. at the end, towards the end yeah. of his career, it was almost just painful right. to watch. It was almost like, oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. I think it was just crazy. What, were there, what, were, what was the record of Falcons? But, but also, what was the record of the Falcons? How many other pro bowlers did they have back then? They had Kearney, Rod mm-hmm. Coleman, maybe? Rod Coleman it was definitely a pro bowler, yeah. Okay, Okay, but I'm just saying that Brooking now, let's go back, let's look at things a little differently. All right. So now, if Keith would have been a linebacker on our defense, you had three guys in your front four that had double-digit sacks, me, Lester, and Travis. Then right. you had mm-hmm. two pro bowlers as Cornelius and, and Andre Crockett. Our safety and our corner was a, was all pros. So, I mean, mm. it helps to have guys with you, though. You know they what I'm play saying? Play right. Yeah. Crockett. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to look at also the makeup of the team right. a little bit, I think, when it comes to, like, Brooking, things was changing around then. You know, Jim and them started going, putting everything in the offense. Jim Moore, everything was built around Mike Vick. So, what else got weak then? The defense. Right. So, I think it kind of goes... You know, two four guys. You know, but I'm just. I, I mean, okay, yeah, Croy's there, but man, I mean, that's man, another name respect. I was gonna. I mean, the guy has actually made it. He's in the NFL. He's yeah. still yeah. making money. Right, man. So tell so him. Tell him to get rid of the point. We'll ease up on Croy. We'll ease up on Croy. No, I'm Croy. just saying. He's, another I don't, name I, don't I was care. gonna throw out. Another name I was gonna throw out was uh, Mike Vick. Your thoughts on Mike Vick? Q, let him answer. Q, let him answer. Walking well, Mike Vick is the biggest enigma in Atlanta sports history. Right. He could have been the most special player of all time, but he decided at the end of the day, he lied to everyone. He also let the organization, he lied to the organization. Right. He lied to the owner that gave him $100 million, and he was mm-hmm. praised for being black. What up, what up, what up, everybody? You just heard part one of our great interview with Chuck Smith. So don't forget to come back and listen to part two, which should be out very soon. Subscribe to the What's Up Falcons podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Listen to the What's Up Falcons podcast at whatsupfalcons.com.